Welcome to You Are Here, the podcast where we have conversations with people who have courageously taken the road less traveled. I'm your host, Rachel Ree, and in each episode, we'll be exploring stories from people who have followed their own path and are living life on their own terms. Know that we're here to meet you where you are and where you'd like to be. This is You Are Here. Hi, friends. To be honest, I really missed being on the podcast last week. It feels like I haven't really been able to communicate with you through this podcast in a long time, even though it was only a week off. And that's how you know when you're on a path that feels really in flow and alignment with what you want to be creating in this moment. As the year wraps up, I've been doing so much reflection and I'm going to be doing some intention setting, leaning a goals workshop, and really just getting even more clear on direction and some ongoing mindset work personally. With today's guest, Laura Whitney, she actually created an app called Soak, that's S-O-A-A-K, in the App Store, and she has a 21-day program around all kinds of different well-being-centered topics. So I think before the year ends, I want to complete one of those. She actually created a code for all of us to use, and that is YAH30 to get a 30-day trial, which will allow you to actually complete one of these 21-day programs. I feel like I already gave away a bit of the intro to today's guest with that, but I really just got so much energy from Laura in our conversation, and I'm excited to use the tools that she has created with her app. She has had a long and thriving career as a hairstylist, but turned to being a creator and founder of a frequency therapy, holistic wellness clinic, and now app called Soak. We get into so much in today's episode that I'm excited about. We chat about her own personal journey, but also the energies of the world, our mindset and thoughts, and the importance of being in flow and being open to relationships. I hope you give the whole episode a listen, and I would love to know your thoughts. If you go to the show notes, you can actually click on a link there to share a voice memo with me, which I would be so excited to listen to. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's say just kind of going back maybe 10 years or so, where were you in life in terms of a professional sense and kind of your mindset and where you were in just your journey overall? Yeah, so 10 years, that's a good timeline for you to ask me that question. I have been doing the holistic wellness thing for about nine years now. So 10 years ago, I was actually a hairstylist for the first part of my life. Right out of high school, I had my cosmetology license and I opened a salon and I did that for 16 years. And so at the end of that career, I loved helping people. I loved what I did, but my real true enjoyment came from helping people feel better. So as a hairstylist, or any hairstylist out there listening, you know that you are an honorary therapist. (laughs) Every hairstylist is really a therapist because you sit there and you try to advise your clients and give them good advice and they tell you everything. And so that was what I was very used to. And I loved being able to help people in any way I could. When you look good, you feel good. So that was a huge component of it. And so I just really knew that I wanted to shift my core profession to something that could help people even more, which health is health is wealth. And if we have our health, then we're doing great. And so that's when I kind of transitioned out of doing hair into doing the holistic wellness thing. I had a really good friend that was a naturopathic doctor and got me into this world. And so at that time in my life, it was the end of a season and the beginning of a new season where I was toiling 
with wanting a change, but also feeling like I was crazy because I had a very good thing going. I had a very large clientele. I made great money and I had a salon and I just wanted to get rid of all of it and completely start something new, which certain people in my life are like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? You know, and I'm like, I just have to, I have to transition. And so 10 years ago, my world was spinning at that moment. And I was making some huge changes that now have resulted in some amazing things that I know we'll get into at the SOAP app and we have a clinic and Yeah, no, we'll definitely get into the details of all the things that you're doing now. But that's really interesting. I'm glad that you mentioned that you had this large clientele, you had your own salon. So you are already in this entrepreneurship journey, but in just a much different sense. And I'm curious to know how long did it take you to build up this clientele just to paint a better picture of exactly all the details and what you left behind and closed the chapter on before you embarked on this new journey? Yeah, honestly, it probably took me a good five to seven years in the beginning of my career to really build the clientele that I had. And then for the last 10 years, I was just booked solid all the time waiting list. And that last 10 years was really my comfort zone. I didn't have to try so hard to get clients. I was booked and my income was consistent, which when you're a hairstylist, if you work for yourself, your income is not consistent (laughs) most of the time. And I was in just such a comfort zone the last 10 years of my hairstyling career that when I switched, I ripped myself out of my comfort zone. I'm kind of like that anyways. I love change. Change does not bother me at all. It excites me. And so I had that going for me where it was like, okay, it's fine. I know that I'm going to be okay if I shift. And so I got out of my comfort zone into something completely different. (laughs) Yeah. So you talked about how there was a little bit of just a mindset shift happening at that time. You were interested in health. You had that naturopathic doctor. But was there anything in specific that kind of led to this point? Or was it to your point, you were just in your comfort zone and you're ready for change? Honestly, just on a very personal note, my family members really were the driving force. My dad specifically is a huge reason I now do what I do because he was very into holistic health and I wanted to explore that with him and bring that on him as well. He just was really encouraging me to jump off that cliff and get out of my comfort zone and do something crazy and follow my heart and my passion. And so I would attest a lot of it to my dad's influence and support to do something crazy. (laughs) I really love that because I find that you mentioned a lot of people thought you were crazy to leave a good thing. And I think from conversations that I've had, it seems like a lot of that pressure sometimes comes from a parental figure comes from family, but it sounds like it was the opposite from you where you had that support. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I remember the day I told my dad, I mean, I had been telling him and and my mom that I wanted to shift and what was going on. Of course, they're super supportive, but there was a day that I actually had an opportunity that I could pounce on basically and make it happen. And I told him and he's like, yes, let's do this. This is feels right. I mean, just that kind of rocket boost that I needed to be like, okay, cool. If I fall flat on my face. My dad's going to be there to help me get up so I can do this. So you already had this inkling. You already had the support from your family when this opportunity, and we'll get to that specific opportunity that you had to pounce on, but it sounded like you had a little bit of an unofficial maybe mentor in your friend who's a naturopathic doctor who maybe led you down this path as well. Like, What were those conversations like? Yeah, absolutely. So the funny part was she was actually one of my clients, one of my hair clients Mm. for years. And so she had been talking to me. She had a huge 
practice and clients, the patients, as she called them. And so she was kind of busting at the seams and really needed help. And so she, for years, she was telling me about this. And I would ask a million questions every time she'd come in just about the services that she did and the way she did things and just got super interested. So yeah, she was my mentor in a sense, as far as teaching me natural health and wellness things and giving me that overarching perspective of how that works. And we have a lot of nurses in my family, which is very, for the most part, mainstream medical. So I knew a lot about as well. And so it was just really fun to see all the different options for medicine and wellness and stuff like that. And so for years, she would tell me things and just got me more and more interested. And at one point, I think she mentioned, hey, we should do something together because she knew I was an entrepreneur and I had my own business and our businesses, our physical locations were actually close to one another. And so time and time again, each appointment, we would talk through this and I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, I don't know. And then finally, one day it just made sense and her lease was up and I was ready to sell my salon. And so I said, let's open a place together. And that's what we did. Oh, I think that's really great that you actually kind of waited for this moment to open up. And so you maybe took your time with the conversations and then it was just seizing that opportunity and just ripping the bandaid off, like you said, to go for it. Yeah. And really, that is, I think, the hardest part in all of our journey to accomplish the things we want to accomplish is being patient in the waiting. And that part is the foundation of what you do is you're waiting, you're meditating on it, you're figuring it out in your head. And then there's one opportunity where you actually pull the trigger. That one moment is not what made it all happen. It's all the preliminary things that you had to wait and that you had to be patient for. And so I feel like when you're patient, things happen so much better because you're not forcing something. When you force something, it's your own will. And it's not always grand, divine, perfect plan for your life. But when you're patient and when you let things take their place in timing and have the intention that it is going to work out good for you, then it will and it does. And so the patient part is very difficult, (laughs) especially for somebody like me where I'm like, okay, let's just get it done. I can just make it happen. But that's not always the perfect plan. You got to let things happen sometimes and it works out better. I definitely resonate with that because I'm very much an action oriented, like, let's just go ahead and jump off the deep ends. But you're right. It's maybe just letting the energy flow a little bit better rather than forcing it. Yes, exactly. That has been one of my mottos really since I got into this profession and also learned more about energy medicine and the subtle energy body and the way that we are created is we are attracting, vibrationally, we're attracting the things that we're thinking about. And so if you get into a flow of your energy and that high vibratory living, if you're in that flow, you're just constantly attracting situations that you're going to love. And so it's so much more effortless when you just let yourself be in the flow of life. Now, on the flip side, when you are pushing, pushing, pushing and forcing stuff to happen constantly. Yes, you might see the results that you're wanting to see, but you're probably going to be more stressed and it's going to be more difficult and it might hurt your relationships more because you're being forceful when you're in that flow. It's going to, you're going to get those results anyways, and it's a lot easier. So it's a whole mind shift that you're like, oh, I actually need to quit trying so hard. Yeah. Work on myself and get myself to a place where it's just coming to me. So it's the patience, the flow. And then I also really want to touch on, it's also being open because this was someone who was 
quote unquote, just your client. And so it could have very much just remained, let's just talk about client surface type things. But as you mentioned, you know, it was a very open relationship and you were also very open to receiving the information that she was sharing. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is not everybody is like that where they're just open to let new things happen in their life or let people speak into their life. But when you do, and it is a situation that feels right, it's so rewarding because I felt like she had something that she was supposed to give me. And if I denied her of that, then shame on me, but also she didn't get that out of her. She didn't get to bring that into her fruition and fulfillment. And same me to her, you know, I had something for her. When we felt like it was right, obviously you don't go around doing this with absolutely everybody Mm -hmm. because you get hurt. It's not always the right fit. But in a situation where you feel like it is, being vulnerable is so powerful because it's not just about you. They need something from you as well and you need something from them. And it's kind of like getting a gift. A lot of times the person giving the gift is getting so much. And if you deny them like, oh, I don't need anything from you. Don't help me. You're denying them something that they need. They need to be able to give and vice versa. You need to receive. And so it's that vulnerability in that moment where you're like, okay, this feels right. I'm scared, but I'm going to do it because there's no mistakes. Because if you've learned something from it, it's definitely a win, even if it didn't turn out the way you wanted. And so, yeah, I just encourage people that it's okay to be vulnerable in situations where it is safe. Yeah. And I think you also touched on something really interesting that people really do find enjoyment and fulfillment in giving and contributing to someone else because it gives them a higher sense of I'm contributing to society or I'm really directly impacting someone else. Absolutely. Because not everybody's called to be the front man. Not everybody's called to be out there doing doing good. Some people are called to just support. And the front man can't do their job if they don't have the support, whether it's emotionally, financially, all those things. And so those people are just as important as the other people. And we have to work together to accomplish a bigger mission. This is a whole different topic of what we're talking about, but relationships are what make the world go. And so having good, solid relationships with the people in your life that are really there for you and love you and support you, there's nothing like it. And when you have those relationships and you're vulnerable with those relationships, it's just extremely rewarding. And on the flip side of that, also Holding your boundaries and not letting the world just walk all over you is also extremely important too. And so you have to have that balance of vulnerability and openness and willing to love and also saying, okay, I know this is a situation where I need to be a little bit more guarded and that's healthy. It's both. And so when you do that, you're settled, you feel fulfilled with your relationships around you. And typically you get a lot done because you have that support in whatever you're doing. Right. And it sounds like you're such a mindful person and you're aware of the energy of yourself and how you want to develop and grow as a person and the importance of all these relationships. Is this something that you have always been this way? Did you grow into more of this self-development type of perspective or how did this mindset come to be? Because I do think that mindset for a lot of people is constantly a work in progress, but just this higher sense of self and higher sense of purpose, where did this come from? 
I had a really great childhood. I had really awesome parents that love and supported me. So I feel like I kind of had a leg up just because I had that good foundation as a child, which is super important. So something that I feel like it's kind of innately in me, I'm a very positive person. I don't want to say almost to a fault because it's not a fault, but sometimes it'll get me in situations where I wish I would have held my boundaries a little stronger because I get walked on or I'm overly optimistic and I need to be realist. And so I feel like that's just part of my personality anyways, but definitely, definitely had some major shifts happen in my mindset over the years. A lot of it through the end of being a hairstylist and the beginning and throughout my journey of having a wellness clinic and going down that path because I studied a lot. I'm an avid student of all knowledge anything that interests me. So I read a lot and I study a lot and I'm very introspective of myself. And it's kind of hard to explain, but because I had a good childhood and I didn't have a lot of trauma as a kid throughout my life, I always felt emotionally very happy and excited about the day, about the people that I was talking to. I always had that really good feeling in me. And so when I started getting into situations where life would get a little stressful, when I got out of my comfort zone doing hair and went into this other business, my life got stressful because it was a whole different world for me. And I was managing people and the money wasn't as good, you know, and so that's stressful. And so digging deep into myself saying, man, I don't like this emotion that I'm feeling right now. I'm very upset. I'm very angry. And when it's day after day, I'm like, oh, this is not me. This is not how I'm used to feeling. And so that made me very, very introspective and in asking a lot of questions to myself each day. What is going on inside of me? Why am I feeling this way? Okay, what can I do to release this emotion? Because I know it's just energy. It's my thoughts and emotions that create this kind of stir of energy inside of me that feels like anxiety. That's what it feels like or it feels like depression. And so I just kept trying to really practice what I was reading and what I was learning to keep growing emotionally and mentally. And so, yeah, it, it was years of that, years of situations where I was feeling so not good inside. But all the while, I'm like, I do feel called to do this. So I'm happy where I'm at. Like, I'm glad I'm here, but I don't feel very good. How do I cope with that? Like, what do I do? I think that was a massive growth period for me where I became more mature or just understood myself a little bit more from like, okay, now I can process things. If I go to work and I have a meeting that's very stressful. I feel like I've developed the coping skills to be like, okay, let's move through this emotion so I don't hold on to it. So it doesn't drain my energy so I can go be my happy self and feel the good things that I I'm used to feeling. Yeah, I think that is so important to have semblance of an emotional toolkit, if you will especially as you embark on a new part in your journey, you're going through a major transition, whether it's career or even personal life or what have you. But it's really great that you had sort of that tool to be able to lean on. Let me self-reflect. Let me slow down. Let me identify whatever energy it is that I'm feeling right now. Right. Yes. The most important part of self-help and personal growth is stepping back and realizing what the problem is in the first place. If you can realize, hey, I'm really upset right now and be realistic and self-reflective, you have solved a lot of the problem, honestly, because you're being conscious of your unconsciousness. <laughs> we unconsciously just are on autopilot and, and our emotions just basically unconsciously just bubble and 
a lot of times just come out of our mouths by fighting or whatever. And so when we say, oh, you know what? I was a real jerk to that person and that's why I'm upset or whatever. That self-reflection is like, that is huge. That is basically your consciousness shedding light on what is unconscious. And that is maturity and that is emotional growth. And so then the next time you do that same thing, you're very quick to basically retraining neural pathways in your brain. So the next time you do it, you're like, oh, nope, okay. I'm doing it again. I need to shift. I need to find a, a different way to handle the situation. And when you do that enough on a daily basis, that repetition of, okay, I understand what's going on. I'm going to change it. That is powerful. And the actions that come from that, they'll be more positive each time because you're retraining yourself not to react the same way. You have a more positive emotion because you are allowing yourself to deal with the situations as they come and not just let them get stuck to you. And years later, you're just a ball of anger, you know, or a ball of frustration, resentment, because you haven't dealt with what's inside. Yeah. And I think also there's this sense of needing to have compassion for yourself, because saying all of this is fine. But in the moment, sometimes it can be really hard to be able to regulate or respond versus react to something happening. So really just being easy on yourself. And if you can notice yourself acting or behaving in a certain way one time, that's one more time than before. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Giving yourself grace is such a huge component of this. I read a book once and it's talking about basically being the sacred observer of your life and being able to take yourself outside of your crazy emotional state and look inside. And it's like, okay, the person that wants to be lazy, let's use that word, and lay on the couch all day and watch TV and do nothing. It's better for that person if they accept the fact that, hey, today I'm going to be lazy and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Instead of beating yourself up, you're making your internal environment more chaotic and stressful when you're feeling guilty. And even though you're still going to be lazy anyways, you're still going to lay on the couch all day, but you're secretly mad at yourself unconsciously and feel guilty. Just say, no, this is what I'm going to do today. And that is okay. That right there is freedom because you don't have emotional turmoil going on inside of your heart and your mind while you're doing that thing. So yeah, it's just, hey, recognize and have the grace for the things that you do every day. If you're emotionally just hothead, I have family members that are like that. And that is just really part of who they are. That's how they grew up as a kid. And give yourself the grace to be like, okay, I understand that I can be a hothead. And when that happens, Next time, I'm going to try to at least acknowledge and maybe apologize, maybe not, just at least acknowledge what I did. And then next time, maybe that feeling isn't so prevalent when I get put in an environment where that comes out. It's a very slow progression of understanding yourself and loving yourself, giving yourself grace and knowing, hey, it's okay. <laughs> We're all a bit crazy. <laughs> we all have our thing. It's very true. Okay, so let's talk about now this stressful yet very exciting time. So going back to now this naturopathic doctor, her lease was running out and you were kind of ready to go into this next venture. So tell me about those first stages of starting on this new business. Yeah, so it was kind of an integration of what I knew and did and what she knew and did. And I had the salon, but we also did holistic beauty. So it was more like a spa. We did laser light, though, and different things that, that 
worked with radio frequency and some of the same type of things that she was doing, but doing it for health. So different equipment, but the same science. So that's really what unified us is we were using a lot of the same like science, but completely different services. And so I brought some of my stuff over minus the hair clients and she brought her stuff. And then we started this thing. And so I started off being more over the holistic beauty side of things. And then she was the internal body health and wellness type of stuff. And then over time, I just got to where I just managed everything because she was super busy actually seeing patients. And so I managed and she tasked me with, hey, research and bring new innovative things. Let's expand and do more and all that stuff. So that was really then my job and really my biggest mission. And I say this now and I said this then. My biggest mission was to find the services that were the most effective, the least invasive, and the most affordable. And so that was always like my thought process when I was researching things and buying new equipment to offer new services. I'm like, is it affordable? Is it effective? Does it work? And is it invasive? And so that was really where SOAK, our app and our frequency therapy, that's where that was born because it is all of those things. It is affordable, effective, and it's not invasive. And so that was one of the things in clinic that we did in clinic where people had to actually come in and sit down and do an appointment. It just worked so well and everybody loved it. And it really helped with the basic fundamental things that we struggle with as humans, which is sleep, stress, anxiety, depression, hormones, stuff like that. It really helped people in clinics. So I'm like, we need to digitize this service to where people can do it 24-7, seven days a week. And it's not so expensive because in clinic, people would spend $600 to $1,000 a month coming and doing this two to three times a week. And so that's just not necessarily practical for the masses. And the frequency therapy works for the masses because it just, it works on everybody. And so that was kind of where SOAP was born. Before landing on frequency therapy, were there certain wellness holistic modalities that you found just didn't check any of those boxes? And I'm so curious to know what they were. Well, the effective part, maybe not because like IV therapy, for example, very effective, but it didn't check the other two boxes. It's not necessarily affordable and it's invasive <laughs> and, and you have to come into the clinic and do it. So it's stuff like that. There are certain things that probably weren't very effective. And I'm like, okay, check that off the list. Body work is another thing we had at the office that I love and I still do to this day and absolutely recommend if people can do it and afford it. But again, it's a little invasive. Sometimes afterwards, you might feel a little detoxy and sore and mm -hmm. it's expensive. So that was another thing. And there's different types of services that we did with different equipment and maybe bioenergetic type stuff that wasn't always as effective. And so I just kind of went through them all. We tried everything and found that not all of them checked all three of the boxes that I was wanting them to check. And sometimes you can't help that. Like IV therapy, for example, I love IV therapy. I just did a round of ozone IV therapy a couple months ago and it was expensive and my arms were bruised every time I went four weeks in a row. And for four weeks, basically, I had bruises on both my arms. And I'm like, okay, I need to wear a long sleeve shirt. It's that type of thing where I'm like, I still love it and I'm still an advocate, but here's the downside like that. And so, yeah, I'm curious to know what was that timeline like before you landed on frequency therapy? Because going back to that point of having patience is sometimes it's not the first thing that you try that is the thing that you lean into and focus a lot more on. So I'm curious to know how long did it take you to get to this point of, yes, it's frequency therapy and I want to dive way more into that. Yeah, well, so 
right away, the naturopathic doctor was already very into it. Now, she didn't have the equipment that we eventually had to do the frequency therapy the way we do it now. She used a different older type of equipment, but she was able to make tinctures that were charged with certain frequencies. And so she was very much into it. So it was right away where I'm like, oh my gosh, this works. This is amazing. So it was probably about a year into it that we got a new piece of equipment that had the capability of doing the more robust type of frequency therapy that we ended up doing. And so it was right away, it was always about frequencies. And that's why I got so entrenched, I guess you could say, in energy medicine and studying that because I'm like, everything is a frequency. If you put that in front of everything you do next, it's like, okay, back it all up. It's all energy. It's all a frequency. Let's work from that perspective instead of trying to put a Band-Aid on a symptom. Let's go to the very core of the issue, which is starting in the energy body, which really is starting in the mind because our mind is creating, the th- which is creating the energy. So it's like it all trickles back to that core, core problem which is energy and what the energy is doing. What is your mind telling the energy to do? And so again, that's where so and there are 21 day programs and our affirmations and mindful intentions. That's also where that came from is I'm like, okay, yes, the frequency therapy is incredible. It's talking to your energy body. It's talking to your cells and your energy is listening and trying to through sympathetic resonance. It is oscillating at that proper frequency, the frequency that it's hearing. But then there's the mind component. If you're doing a frequency treatment and you're sitting there ruminating on a horrible thought the whole time of you're mad at your husband because you got a fight right before you left for your frequency treatment, it's like that is counterproductive to what you're trying to do. And so that's what I kept finding is we need to get the mind right And if we can get the mind right at the same time they're doing frequency therapy, then their energy just clears. And it's like all that debris, toxic emotional debris kind of leaves the body. And that's when the body can get into that synthetic resonant mode and heal and restore itself and all those things. So that mind component was just so huge. They were like, I need, we need mindful intentions text to people every single day so then they can have something to hold on to. I am powerful, you know, just for example you say that all day and you listen to your frequencies, by the end of the day, you're like, you know what? I'm powerful. Just having somebody's mindset switch can put them on a whole new path for the rest of their life. So if you do that in repetition every day, you get your power back. I completely agree. And I'm very much an energetic type of person. So all of this really resonates with me. But even just the flip side of that, of if you're constantly internally just telling yourself you're not good enough, you're not worthy of this, you don't deserve this, then all of that will manifest and you're just going to inherently believe that. But if you do the opposite, as you're mentioning, I am powerful, I'm strong, I'm smart, all of this, then there's no other outcome, in my opinion, to where you're going to start to believe that. That's exactly right. And the cool part is, is you're attracting things based off of your vibration. So if you're in that good place in your mind, even if you slip off, but then like, hey, I realized that I just got really mad. I shouldn't have done that or whatever. And I'm going to come back, repeat those affirmations. You are creating a vibrational energy around you that is then attracting all good things. And so it's so simplistic, but that it's so hard to do to like maintain that. It's like you driving down the street and get frustrated with somebody pulls out in front of you and cuss them out 30 minutes later you might have something 
even worse happen to you because your energy is attracting, you just created this environment for yourself where you're like attracting that same energy. And so you think it's not you, but it's you. It all, it's always you. It's a you problem. That's what I tell my kids all the time. Like, this is a you problem. You change the way you're thinking and it's a me problem. I need to change the way that I'm thinking. But it's like, okay, somebody pulls out in front of you in traffic and you're like, you know what? I bless that person. I hope they have a great day. Mm -hmm. They're not going to affect me. They're not going to take my energy. And then 30 minutes later, something awesome happens to you at the grocery store. That is a physical manifestation of what's really happening in our internal environment is we're attracting the same exact energy that we are omitting in different types of situations. So just try it next time you want to get mad. Bless the person instead. Try to instantly forgive them and then see what happens the rest of your day and see how it transpires. Yeah, and also even just thinking about energy, you probably know a lot more details about this than I do, but I recall reading something a while back about plants and nature mm -hmm. and how there was a study done where on certain frequencies that were around the plants, the ones that had a certain frequency or sound around them, they actually grew at a faster rate or grew more than the ones that didn't have that frequency. Oh, yeah. It works for everything. There's also studies on water where if you speak negative to a water, it actually the crystalline structure actually looks all distorted and ugly. And when you say nice, positive, loving things to water, the crystals are very beautiful, like under a microscope. So it's the same thing. And the cool part, like the scientific part of all of that is we are water. Everything is water. Even the plants, they're made up of water. We're like 70% water. And so water is what is the conduit of the electricity that is made from our thoughts. And so when we think that is an electrical impulse that goes on in our brain that then sends chemical response, basically hormones through our body. And it all is transferred through the water in our body and the same with the plants. And so when you speak those positive words, it's basically the water inside of you that is adopting that frequency good or bad, and then it carries it through the body and tries to do the useful thing with it. And so, yeah, it's super interesting, the whole plant thing. I've studied that a lot, actually. And one of the things is I wanted to make a garden and I wanted to put speakers in the ground that have the frequency therapy. And I never got to it. Me and my dad still, it's a, on our bucket list to do. But I love that because you can manipulate nature by speaking good things to it. I love that so much. Yeah. Let me, let us all know how that goes yeah, once I you will. actually implement that. Yeah, I'm first one I call. I'm going to get back on your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So before getting into the actual soak app, so you had this brick and mortar that you were doing with your business partner at this point now. At what point did you decide, okay, we want to expand and rather than more and more locations and expanding our region that way, you decided to create an app? Because at this point probably isn't the joke, oh, there's an app for that. So how did you land on starting that journey? Yeah, so it was probably three or four years into doing the clinic that we actually started working on it. a couple years in and like, we need to digitize this. We need to digitize this. I probably said that to my husband a hundred times before any real conversation ever happened about implementing it. And so, yeah, three, four years in, I'm like, we have to digitize this. And so at that point, I had learned enough about tech, like technical things where I'm like, I'll do it myself. I can get online and create a website and create the whole process and download and make the files. I originally did it all myself. I had some help from one of my staff members at, at our office, but I put it up online and digitized it. It was not an app. At that point, it was just a web base. 
but I got it to a point where it was like something. It was a product and I could sell it. And so we started just doing a lot of testing at that point. That's where we got in a lot of our practitioners, doctors, functional medical practitioners to help create the frequency compositions. Because the cool thing about SOAK, and that's different than what we did in clinic, is we would take different frequency compositions and layer them. And so let's say like headache and migraine support frequency. There's a lot of reasons you might have a headache. It could be because you're dehydrated. It could be because of lack of sleep. It could be because of stress. It could be because of a food allergy. There's a lot of different things that go into having that symptom. And so in clinic, we got this round table saying, what are all the frequencies that could help with this? So then if you have a headache or a migraine, our frequency nine times out of 10 is going to help dissipate that symptom because we're hitting it from all angles. We're making sure we've covered everything. And so that's the beauty of the sub frequencies is they're layered frequency compositions that were thought out and created in clinic by our physician. So then we did that and we had those and we had this platform. Then we hired a big wig tech company to come and build us an app. And that's what people see today is the SOAK app. Yeah. And I think that's actually a really good lesson too. So anyone who wants to start this entrepreneurship journey is that sometimes what you see from other people, it took them a while and there were several stages to get to where they're at. Now it's this big tech company that created something that you wanted very specifically, but it started off with you figuring things out on the back end on your own. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. I think one of the key traits of anyone that's successful, anyone that's really wanting to do things on their own is to have a figure it out mindset. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, me and my team talk about that all the time. I'm still in a position where a lot of times I roll my sleeves up and get in there and help get the work done. You just have to do that. Any small business whatsoever, I don't care what you offer, what you do. The business owner, nine times out of 10, works the hardest and does the most actual implementation of work. And we can't be afraid of that. And hopefully the goal always is to get to the point where you can back yourself up and just manage all of the things that are going on. You don't have to do so much of the day-to-day grunt work. Yeah, you have to in the beginning. And I wanted it done. I wanted it done a certain way. So if that were the case, I just had to do it myself. Right. My husband laughs at me all the time. He's like, you just want to do everything yourself. And I'm like, well... I want to get it done. So yes, I'm just going to do it myself until somebody comes along and is like, here, let me help you with that. I mean, I'm a mom. I have three boys. And so I think moms out there also can relate. If you want anything done in your house, nine times out of 10, you just have to do it yourself or you have to yell a lot to get your kids or your spouse to do it. It's just innate in us. We just take the baton and run. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you have this really great app now and you did mention the 21-day programs. I'm wondering what that is and what was the impetus for you creating something like that? Yeah. So the 21 day programs, we call them 21 day immersion programs. And we have lots of different types of programs. I'm actually pulling them up right now so I can read a few, but they are quick little nuggets of information that you get every single day that are topic specific. And so right now you can, you get the mindful intentions, which is just not a 21 day program. It's just what you get every day. But the 21-day immersion programs have very specific mindful intentions that you get text every day at noon for the time whenever you set the time that you want to receive them. And they're topic-specific. And then you also get what we call a deep dive. And so it's several paragraphs of information about that specific mindful intention. We have a money finance type of program where if you're wanting to increase your finances, we have a whole program written about that. And it's gives you those specific mindful intentions that you can dwell on every single day about money. 
in that deep dive is maybe helping you walk through some of the blockages you might have about money and really amazing tidbits of information. And all these, almost all the programs are written by experts in their field. Some of them are written by our team as well. But then you also get a specific frequency for that program and a, usually a meditation for that program as well. So we have Limitless Living with Michael, Dr. Michael Beckwith, which is a very renowned pastor and shaman, and he's all the things out of California. He's amazing. We have that one. We have Creating a Culture of Connection with Chris Tuff. So how to create connection in your workplace and different things like that. Prosperity Mindset, How to Find Your Moxie with Liz Carter-Clark, and she does a lot of college campus type stuff. The Art of Letting Go, Healing Your Inner Child. There's a My Money and My Body program that really focuses on a healthy body outlook and stuff like that. So there's just a lot of different, very specific topics that you can get in. And if you're wanting to work on yourself in any way, shape, or form, we have a topic for you. When you do it, when you started this 21 days, and then every day, it's probably going to take you about five minutes. It's just very short, powerful I call them like little golden nuggets of information that you can hold dear to your heart that day and be like, okay, I'm really going to intend that this part of my life is going to get better. And I'm going to say these words and internalize them. And so it's just, again, it's something to help people remember, hey, you are so much more than what you think you are. Mm-hmm. And if you just set your intention and focus on one thing at a time for long enough, you're going to see that thing drastically change. And so that's what the programs are for. Is just It's a toolbox to help you remember that you can change this area of your life. Yeah, you actually mentioned so many different topics that I think are so pivotal where people do need support. One topic in particular is money. That's always a very interesting topic for a lot of people. And I think also what blocks people from actually pursuing a dream or pursuing this different project that they might have is they have maybe a scarcity mindset around money. And it's really hard. I have a lot of listeners who have a very corporate background who have, quote unquote, the sort of golden handcuffs of they have a very stable income, good income, and how can I leave that and go embark on this unknown? And you've experienced that as well, having a very fully booked calendar as a hairstylist. So what is something tangible that people can do, maybe something that's from the program that can help them unblock themselves in this aspect? Yeah, that's so good. Go through the program for sure. That's the number one tangible way to start. But in the program, you're going to learn there's so many things in our mind that is subconscious locks that we don't realize we have. It's basically programming from our childhood or culture, movies, a boss, whatever, that you really internalize these like values. For instance, this is part of my personal experience is my dad is my favorite person in the whole world, loving to death. But he grew up not having much money. His family didn't have much money. And my dad is the most humble servant type personality ever. And so his mentality is, I don't need money. I don't need a lot of money to be happy, which is so very true. And I think that in itself is so powerful because it doesn't have a hold on your happiness. So that's a lesson in itself that is super positive. But then when I got to the point where I'm like having my own career and wanting my own money, I'm like, you know, that was actually a subconscious thing that I buried deep inside that said, I don't need money. And I'm like, you know what? I do need money because I'm running a business and I need a lot of money right. to do what I need to do to help people. And so it was like a blockage almost. And I'm like, I actually need to unravel that in my mind to say, first of all, I need money. I want money. I deserve money. 
all of those things that I was telling myself the opposite because I don't need money to be happy. It's stuff like that, that just having the advice from our programs or any good podcast about that type of stuff or going to see a therapist, be a therapist at our clinic, stuff like that. It's really important that people find the help and the resources they need to unwind the lies that they believe and that they've been told that they don't even know that they know <laughs> to help clear the energy. Because that's really what you're doing at the at the end of the day is that energy that I was holding that says I don't need money was keeping me from receiving. And so I had to rewrite that script in my mind to say, no, I do need money. I deserve money. I'm worthy of having a lot of money. I'm good with my money. That's another script that people get in their head. Like, well, if I get a lot of money, I'm just going to blow it. Like, I'm not real good with my money. That's a script that needs to be flipped. And you need to rewrite that and reprogram your brain to think the healthy thoughts that are correct and true. A physical thing people can do, honestly, is say good, positive things over yourself about that situation. Basically, anything that you believe that doesn't align with prosperity, say the opposite. And I think we know if we really self-reflect and sit for just a second, think about our childhood, think about our belief about money and where that belief came from. I think we can do a lot of inner work ourselves. Just, okay, that's not true. I don't accept that. Okay, what would be the opposite thing I could say right now to counteract that and then say that good thing? And you can feel like, oh, yeah, that's right. I feel much better. And that clearing the energy, again, raises your vibrations and puts you in a position where you're then attracting the money that you were once repelling. I find that a lot of entrepreneurs, they build what they need themselves so I imagine, did you use these tools as you were crafting your own business and this path? Yes, <laughs> that's exactly what I did. This whole system was something that, especially the 21-day programs, I did this myself. And then I had some financial miracles happen after doing my own programs that I wrote. And so I am a product of my product. I did not put this out for the world until I had proven it to myself. And it worked. That's why I'm so passionate about it. And that's why I'm like, I know this works. I have, there's no doubt in my mind mm -hmm. because I did it myself and it worked. I try everything before I sell it. Even now in our clinic, I'm like, I don't want to adopt any new service until I've tried it. And I know that it works really, really well because I'm not going to sell smoke and mirrors. I don't want to make money just to make money. I want, I want to make money that people have amazing testimonials. And like, that's where I feel good about taking your money is when I know you got something really good out of it. Definitely. So if you are comfortable to elaborate, you mentioned these financial miracles. At what point in your journey did you need these and they were answered? Yes. In the middle of the whole clinic thing, this was part of my clinic experience. Again, I had the clinic for about eight years. About halfway through, my naturopathic doctor friend that I went into business with, she wanted basically to retire. She wanted to write books. And so she was transitioning out. So I was having new people, some new help come in. Very long story short, that relationship didn't go as planned. They wanted control and I was not going to give it up. <laughs> so they put me in a financial hardship. I'll just say that. And it was pretty devastating financially because it was a rut that it was it didn't seem like there was a way out except for either bankruptcy or just to close the doors. And so I just gave it to God. That was my safe haven. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with this. I felt called to do this, but it right now it looks like I was a complete failure and I have no way to dig myself out of this hole. And so that is when I wrote the 21 Day My Money program and I wrote it for myself. The app was in discussions. I think maybe we're just starting the frequency therapy part of it, but I'm like, I'm going to try this mindful intention 
positive affirmation repetition. I'm going to try this and see how that works. And so I wrote a My Money program and I did it very religiously every single day for at least 30 minutes a day. I would sit down, I would get in a quiet space, I would try to meditate on those things. I would try to clear the energy that was in me that surrounded money, all of those things. And so I had a gift given to me. This is the end of the very long story. I had somebody call me that I didn't know and I still do not. I have never met these people to this day. A friend of a friend told them about my situation and they said, we want to pay off all of your debt and give you $100,000 extra for operating expenses for the next year. And I was like, they called me on the phone. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in shock. I didn't even know how to take it. And the funny part about that, and this is just a lesson for anybody listening, that weekend, they called me on a Friday. That whole weekend, I'm like in shock. They told me that they would have the money wired to my account Monday morning. I'm like, okay, my husband's like, don't get your hopes up. This is weird. You don't know these people. Very crazy situation. And that whole weekend, I'm like, I do not deserve this gift. That's what I was telling myself. I felt like because I was such failure in the position I had gotten myself in, why did I deserve this? So that was my hurdle that weekend emotionally. I'm like, why am I telling myself that? Why do I feel like I don't deserve this? We all deserve prosperity. That's a lie. And so I had to work through like being able to even receive it because I'm of the mentality I can do it myself. I don't need anybody's help. Again, a lie. I can't do everything myself and I do need other people's help to get things done, you know? And so I had to rewire my brain over the weekend. Come Monday morning, I look in my account and I had that money wired to pay off all my debt and $100,000 extra for working expenses for my business for the next year. So I give all the credit to God because that is my foundation. But the fact that he gave me that inspiration and the tools to give me something specific every day to intend, that was the magic, is I myself with my own mind and power through my divine inspiration was able to be repetitious enough with my intention to manifest that thing. And I did. And that is possible. So after that, well, first of all, I had operating expenses to keep going. And that's a whole story in itself because that helped propel the app right. to get finished. But yeah, that's one. I have several of those stories, but that's one of my bigger stories of, hey, I've done this. It works. You do have to be diligent. You have to do it. If you don't do the work, it will not happen. So that just goes for anything and everything in life. If you don't put the work in, you're not going to get the results. But when you do it, oh my gosh, you can change your world. That's absolutely incredible. And you still don't know who these people are or you've never met them. I know who they are, but I've still never met them. Wow. Never seen them. They're very, very wealthy people that are philanthropists. And I was at the right place at the right time, I guess. No, I think that's incredible. And also maybe this speaks to my own mindset, but I feel like if I were to receive a phone call like that, I would think, wait, is this a scam? That would be my first thought. Yeah. And that's what I thought. Luckily, the person that hooked us up, I knew her very well and she's a precious soul that would never lie to me. So I knew it was true because of her, mm -hmm. because of my relationship, but everything else surrounding it was like, whoa, this seems crazy. It wasn't until the money was in my account that I was like, oh, okay, this is real. Yeah. Well, you actually just mentioned a very pivotal word that kind of takes us back to the beginning of this conversation is relationship and how important it is to have really healthy relationships with people and people that are inspiring, empowering, and there to want to help you. Yeah, absolutely. It is just extremely important. Relationship, I feel like, is the currency of life. 
and the currency of happiness. Because if you really think about it, and if your relationships are in disarray, you are not happy. I don't care how much money you have, how much of a promotion you get. At the end of the day, if you go home by yourself and everybody hates you, but you're rich and successful, how happy are you really? How fulfilled are you really? Because that joy in us comes from love. And love, yeah, it can come from ourselves. So I do think there are situations where people can feel fulfilled and be alone. But you, we are meant to be together. We're meant to have relationships. We're meant to be there for one another and love on one another. That is where the true joy and fulfillment comes from at the end of the day when you're like, I have people that love me and, and I have people that I love. I feel like that is just the key to true happiness is having good, healthy relationships. And if and a good, healthy relationship can mean you cutting somebody very toxic off. Mm -hmm. That means that that relationship is now healthy for you. So I'm not saying love everybody and don't have any boundaries. I am saying love everybody. Let me rephrase that. I'm just saying having healthy personal boundaries where you know who to be vulnerable with and who to let in and who to put up a boundary and say, no, you're toxic for me and I don't want that in my life. And it's that's something in itself to master. But you know, relationships are just extremely important. And the answer might be what you just said, but I do have one final question of for someone who is going either on an entrepreneurship journey or just a life transition, do you have one piece of advice that you want someone to take away from this conversation or something you haven't shared that can really help them be more aligned and true to themselves? It sounds like that's what you are and that's how your journey has been. So is there one tip or step or anything you want to leave yeah. back? One thing that helps me so much when I get into any situation really is don't be attached to the outcome of a situation. And I think that right there could free you to just run with your passion, with your expertise, and really get far faster in what you're wanting to do when you're not so attached to the outcome. The outcome is going to be what it's going to be, and it is uncontrollable. Yeah. As much as you think you can control it, you cannot. I'm sorry. <laughs> You just can't because there's, especially when other people are involved. And I believe that God or the universe or whatever you like to say, the grander being that is the divine love that's trying to help you prosper already has that perfect outcome ready to go. And if you go into a situation saying it has to turn out like this, maybe the perfect situation is not turning out like that. It's turning out a little bit different. And if you just let that happen and are okay that would be so much better. And at the end, you'd be like, oh, yeah, definitely. I want that one. I don't want what I picked. But when you're so stuck, it's an energy thing. When you're so stuck in that mindset of this is how it has to be, it puts up blocks. And sometimes it, the thing never happens because you are not willing to flow with the divine energy of the situation. And so I just I always think about that still to this day. Anytime I'm working on a project that I'm like, okay, this is my project and this is my outcome. I'm like, you know what? I'm not really attached to the outcome. I'm attached to taking the steps one step at a time, one day at a time to get to that outcome. And then at the end, hopefully it's going to be even better than I think it is because I'm in the flow of really good energy. And so I feel like that's really free. It makes you not so, I don't want to use the word responsible because you do want to feel responsibility, but it's not so stressful and so much pressure. You're like, it's going to be what it's going to be. And I'm going to do my best every step of the way. And then you get there and it's awesome. So 
that's my tip. I love that. It actually brings up this image in my head of going back to what we were saying earlier around just not forcing a lot of things and forcing feels like your fists are closed and they're clenched. But you're talking about just being in flow, letting go, having your hands open. Yes, absolutely. And it's just so much easier for you emotionally, too, because you're not struggling against things. You're just being free and happy and go lucky. And it's just such a better way to live your life on a daily basis than closed fist. It's going to be my way or the highway type of that emotion is stressful. And so it's just being in the flow. If you can get to that and you don't stay there every day because life happens and then you feel like you get punched in the side of the face and then you're off on a different, now you, you realize it and you come back and you keep doing that. Right. Keep doing, keep realizing it, keep getting yourself back on track. And then again, do that repetitiously. You do get to the point where you don't get pushed off your track. You're stable because you're like, no, I've cleared everything I need to clear. Emotionally, I know where I need to be and you're confident in that. And then your life just gets better over time. I love this. Thank you so much for sharing both your personal journey, all sorts of professional tips along the way. How can people get to know you yourself a little bit better, but also get to have a better understanding of Soak as well? Yes, absolutely. So first of all, Soak.com is our website. It's S-O-A-A-K.com. And then you can download our app on the Soak website. Also, we have a code for your audience specifically where they can try the Soak app for free for 30 days. We have a seven-day free trial already, so they actually get almost five weeks free. So they can do a 21-day program and go through the whole thing without having to pay anything. So the code is YAH30. Oh, I'm so happy about that. I had no idea that was actually coming. Yeah, surprise. (laughs) But yeah, they can find out and then they can go to at Daily Soap is our social media. And so they can find out more about me there. Also, I have a personal LinkedIn. Um, If anybody wants to go and hop on my LinkedIn, it's just Laura Whitney. And so yeah, at Daily Soap and they can go and we have Instagram, TikTok and Facebook. Awesome. Thank you so much, Laura. I will definitely leave all this information in the show notes for anyone to reference at a later date. But I really appreciate your time and thank you so much for the code. That's awesome. I'm going to use it. Perfect. Thank you for having me. This has been awesome.